From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. This is Michael Owen, VK3KI. It's a funny thing, but something always happens that I want to report just after Graham has recorded the broadcast. This is one of them. After an exchange of letters, last week ACMA advised the WIA that any amateur holding an advanced licence may now apply to ACMA for a variation of their licence to allow operation on a secondary basis in the band 135.7 to 137.8 kilohertz. The LF band allocated to the amateur service at the ITU's World Radio Communications Conference in 2007. Amateur operation in that band is subject to a maximum radiated power of 1 watt EIRP. Application for a variation of licence to allow use on the new LF band should be made on ACMA form R057, which is downloadable from the ACMA website, to ACMA at P.O. Box 78, Belconnen, ACT 2616, accompanied by the ACMA fee of $41. ACMA amended the Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan in January to allow amateur operation on this LF band, but has not yet amended the amateur LCD or the visiting amateur's class licence to allow operation due, it says, to a lack of resource. And it also says it does not see itself being able to further progress the matter before the end of the current year. The WIA suggested to ACMA that as each advanced amateur licence became due for renewal, the necessary additional condition could be included in the licence as it was renewed which would avoid the fee of $41 for a licence variation. But again, ACMA advised that this would involve additional resource better applied in other directions. However, ACMA will include the necessary conditions as a variation to each advanced licensee who applies for a variation of his or her licence to allow operation on this band. So I know some people have already applied for the right to use this band, but we're waiting to hear back from the ACMA. I hope many amateurs will try this new band. Thank you. You are tuned to VK1 WIA News. This news broadcast can be heard on linked repeaters VK6 AUF Perth 438.525 and VK6 RMS Mount Saddleback 147.250 Sundays 9am and 7pm.
I'm Trevor, VK6YJ. It's coming back, bigger and better than ever. The major amateur radio event in Victoria returns to the Kyneton Racecourse only an hour from Melbourne, Ballarat and Bendigo on Sunday the 14th of February. The WIA 100 Centre Victoria Radio Fest number 3 will build on the major success of its predecessor events held in 2007 and 2008 that they're still talking about. And it's the very first activity to be proudly branded in support of the Wireless Institute of Australia's centenary celebrations. More information will be posted in coming months on the website www.radiofest.amateurradio.com.au included in Amateur Radio magazine and heard on this broadcast. I'm Bruce Lees, VK3 FFF, and you're listening to vk one W-I-A. Well, now, still in VK3, the GGREC would like to remind all that they'll be hosting the annual Hamfest on the 18th of July at the Cranbourne Public Hall. Anybody wanting a table should contact the club immediately. That's the GGREC or straight to Chris Chapman, Victor Kilo 3, Quebec, Bravo. VK4 and Towers available at Good Homes. Wayne, VK4WDM is moving QDH and has two steel wind-up towers to give away. One is a two-section, about 54 foot long, heavy, square with winch, will need a heavy four-wheel drive truck, etc. to get it down and out. The other one is a three-section, about 56 foot long, medium weight, triangular, has some minor damage but is already on the ground. You can contact Wayne on 47 triple eight seven eight one that's four seven triple eight seven eight one and in Ackman news fighting spam in VKZL. The Australian Communications and Media Authority has joined forces with the New Zealand Department of Internal Affairs in the fight against spam by signing a Memorandum of Understanding, an MOU, to establish channels of communication that will allow both agencies to move quickly in response to the challenges and demands of the ever-changing spam environment. Spam is a global problem that requires coordinated global action, said Chris Chapman, ACMA chairman. Over 99% of the spam that reaches Australians comes from overseas. Fighting spam nationally is vital, but long-term gains can only be made through the cooperation with other countries and overseas regulators. This MOU allows each agency to promote and foster the assistance and exchange of information relevant to regulatory functions. It also reflects the historically strong working relationship and economic ties between the two countries. Now it's to Discussion Point. This is VK1WIA. As the June edition of Amateur Radio magazine hits the newsstands and arrives in letterboxes, perhaps it is timely to look back to the WIA comment page from Michael Owen, VK3KI, in last month's issue. The Wireless Institute of Australia is the peak body who speaks with our regulator, ACMA, and represents all amateurs in VK land. With this in mind, and having the Institute ask for suggestions on how to better promote the hobby and allow us, the amateurs, to promote the hobby locally, have you read Michael's request? Have you or your club started getting ideas recorded? Because it is where the feet meet the pavement that the WIA is looking to. That means you and me. Michael suggests some ideas that we can all consider, but 
It is the local person and club member who is familiar with what equipment is available locally and what skills, or lack of skills that need upgrading, that are available in your area. This is our job to answer the call, and I hope the committee that has been formed gets plenty of ideas and feedback to consider. The clubs of which I'm a member are responding. Is yours? And where to send your ideas? Either by email or letter to the Secretary of the Wireless Institute of Australia. This has been Jeff, VK4ZPP. From the WIA News Hub in South Australia and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. G'day, I'm John VK5BUI. Great Britain. The RSGB, in conjunction with the Lincoln Shortwave Club, announces a brand new national amateur radio show for the UK. The National Ham Fest has the full support of the major amateur radio traders and manufacturers and will take place on the 2nd and 3rd of October 2009. The venue for the National Ham Fest is the George Stevenson Hall at the Newark and Nottingham Showground. Scotland. If you're visiting the very north of Scotland or the Orkneys between the 6th and 16th of July and your GPS guidance system goes brain dead, it might be jammed. And the jamming is legal. The Ministry of Defence will be conducting a global positioning system jamming exercise. The Ministry of Defence conducts occasional tests on military systems that may result in some loss of service to civilian users of the global positioning system. This includes such equipment as in-car navigation devices and other networks which rely on GPS signals. Canada. From June 2nd to 5th, there was a CITEL PCC2 meeting held in Ottawa. Well over 100 delegates from countries of the Americas gathered for a meeting preparatory to the next World Radio Conference that's to be held in Geneva late in 2011. Almost every item on the WRC agenda was discussed with a goal to find common ground that would be supported by the CITEL countries. Amateurs were represented by Daniel VE2KA and Dario HP. 1DJ for the IARU Region 2, John Siverling, WB3ERA, was on the USA delegation, and Ken Pulfer, VE3PU, Brian Rawlings, VE3QN, and Jim Dean, VE3IQ, were on the Canadian delegation. Some subjects of interest to amateur radio were discussed. On BPL, a drafting group was formed, headed by Canada, and tasked to present BPL standards for adoption at the next PCC2 meeting in November at Washington. USA, Canada and the USA presented preliminary views on Agenda Item 1.23. A common paper was produced and adopted by the plenary that will most probably be the basis of a joint Region 2 proposal at an upcoming meeting. Radio in your inbox. VK1WIA, now podcasting to the world. Weird and wonderful. Beer wastewater converted to electricity. From the Newsline Science page, word that an innovative joint project between Australia's University of Queensland and Foster's Brewing to turn beer wastewater into electricity 
has won a $140,000 grant. This from the Queensland Government's Sustainable Energy Innovation Fund. A research fellow explained that the new technology worked by creating a microbial fuel cell which feeds continuously on the organic materials found in the brewery wastewater, turning it into electrical power. The process also produces clean water and renewable, non-polluting carbon dioxide. The team from the University of Queensland Advanced Wastewater Management Centre was one of six presented with the funding by Lindy Nelson Carr, who's the Minister for Environment. The presentation took place at Foster's Yattler Brewery. One last thought. If successful, this project may eventually bring new meaning to the words going out for an 807. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Special events and on-air contest column, Dateline 2009. This weekend, the big one, the Museums Weekend Part A. June 27-28, Museums Weekend Part B. July 4, NZART Memorial Contest, 80 metres. August 15 and 16, WIA Remembrance Day Contest. CQWW adds new extreme category. A new extreme category is being added to the CQ Worldwide DX contest to encourage the development of new technologies in amateur radio communications in general and contesting in particular. According to CQWW contest director Bob Cox, K3EST, this new category has been established to allow amateurs to participate in the CQWW contest while experimenting creatively with internet link stations and other new technologies. Contestors are often early adopters of new technologies, said Cox, and we want to encourage this as a continuation of ham radio's pioneering spirit. However, many of these technologies are not currently permitted in any existing CQWW categories. The extreme category will allow these stations to compete, but only with other stations using new technologies. Beacon, DX and Net Advice And today we will hear from both VK3APC and VK3PC, but first, it's the Anne Renton Memorial Ladies Net this Tuesday. One of the friendliest radio nets in the land happens this Tuesday evening from 7.30pm on the Townsville VHF repeater, the Anne Renton Memorial Ladies Net. The net is open to young and old, YL or OM, and is a golden opportunity for anyone who needs practice on air to go onto the net as a second operator. So if you live in or are travelling through the area, join into this Tuesday evening's net and see if the YLs can outnumber the OMs. The 8th Annual International Museums Weekend Around 60 museums of all types are taking part, including four Australian museums that are on the air today. They are World War II Minesweeper and Escort Ship HMAS Castlemaine, Moore to Gempier Williamstown with Amateur Radio Victoria, VK3RAN, the Geelong Amateur Radio Club, assisted by members of the Geelong Radio and Electronics Society as two stations, VK3DJ at the Geelong Regional Museum and VK3ATL, the Queenscliff Maritime Museum and the Furneaux Historical Research Museum on Flinders Island, IOTA, OC195, is activated by Gavin Barnes, VK7VTX, signing VK7FLI. The fifth Aussie station is VK3APC. Let's hear further. Hello, this is Ron, VK3AFW, with an item about the International Museums Weekend. On Sunday... The 21st of June, the Moorabbin and District Radio Club will be operating from the club rooms in Turner Road, Hyatt, from around 8am to around 4pm. We have our own radio museum in the club rooms. Why not come down and have a look? We'll be operating on HF and VHF. Visitors are welcome. And, of course, QSOs are welcome. 73. 
across Australia from VK1 WIA. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service. It's relayed on CQ100 on 14.250 each Saturday and Sunday at 7am and 7pm. I'm Jason, VK2 FEDS. Alleged spies, Morse code and shortwave radio. The most enduring mystery on the shortwave bands is the hundreds of numbers stations. You may have heard them. Voices reading numbers or Morse code transmissions sending digits without a call sign or other identification. No government admits being responsible, but these transmissions are from the dark world of espionage and spy intelligence communications. An interesting recent development in the United States is the case of a retired government official with a top secret security clearance and his wife being charged with spying for the past 30 years. The FBI in its indictment of charges reveals it has taken possession of an operable shortwave radio and one of those facing prosecution knows Morse code. It is alleged that the pair were illegal agents of Cuba and had met former dictator Fidel Castro. What has been shown in the charges is that clandestine communications known as number stations are used by the Cuban Intelligence Service to keep in contact with its agents. So next time you tune into a number station, you are eavesdropping on spy-related phenomena, encoded messages to agents. I'm James, James Linton, VK3PC, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Two, 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 four, five. Intruder Watch on VK1 WIA National News. I'm Jason, VK2 FEDS. FCC T hunts down shopping mall radio system jammer. Every once in a while, the FCC hits a home run with outstanding direction finding work leading to an important find. The case of Kevin Bondi, the licensee of station WQGX752, who now faces a 24,000 US dollar fine, is one of those. Abitur Radio Newsline's Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, said that according to the CGC communicator, the case involves a dedicated and industrious jammer causing willful and repeated interference to the radio channel's license to the Oaks Shopping Centre in Thousand Oaks, California. It's also the story of an even more dedicated FCC agent determined to get his man, and the FCC release has the full story. The security manager also told the agent that the rather brazen jammer had told the shopping centre to stop using 461.375 MHz, which is the security repeater input frequency. On the 5th of March, the Los Angeles agent T-hunted down the source of pulsating signals to a repeater located within a secured radio communications facility on Oat Mountain. That's a 3,000-foot hilltop in the Santa Susana Mountains that's very popular with two-way radio users. While atop Oat Mountain, the agent observed radio equipment, which he found was the source of the pulsating signals, and a beam antenna connected to it pointed in the direction of Thousand Oaks. There seemed to be no doubt that this setup was intended to interfere with the normal transmissions on the shopping centre's frequencies. Fast forward to March the 6th and personnel from the shopping centre engaged the unknown operator into a QSO. The agent was hard at work tea hunting and at approximately 7.30pm he hit pay dirt. This when he found the originating source of the transmissions 
to be a vehicle located in the National Park Service parking structure across the street from the shopping centre. At this point, the Ventura County Sheriff's Department secured the area and identified the subject as Kevin W. Bondi. And now it has literally become time for Bondi to pay the proverbial piper. In its May 14 notice of apparent liability issued to Bondi, the FCC says that his violations of the Radio Communications Act warrant his being fined 24000 US dollars. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Media watching with VK1 WIA. And this note in from Jeff VK for XJJ, and I'll read from it. Hi, Graham. I'm sort of settled in at Paradise Point on the Gold Coast, living aboard a 29-foot Robert Sloop at Anchor. I was interviewed on the ABC on Richard Fiddler's Conversations program. Richard was crook, so Steve Austin took the interview. And there's an audio version on my website. Now, that website is www.jeffswalk.com. And Jeff goes on to say, I would appreciate it if you could mention it on the news for me. The book is getting out into the general stores and is selling slowly but well. And 50% of book sales go to the Deaf Blind Association. Well, thanks, Jeff, for letting us know. And those of you on the Gold Coast, this note in, the second part of a talk with Jeff, VK4XJJ, who made it walking all the way south to north, will be talking of his experiences on the Gold Coast's F Troop net at 7.30pm Tuesday next. That's on 146.7. He has a very interesting website, which I'm sure after you've listened to him, you'll want to see what's there. That's jeffswalk.com, and Jeff is spelt J-E-F-F. Helping those who really need it, Yes, this is the title of an interesting article in the June issue of CQ magazine dealing with the changing landscape of amateur radio emergency communications. Authored by former police and fire chief Jerry Boyd, N7WR, the article explains the way in which non-government organisations such as hospitals, bus systems, schools and independent municipal agencies may be the new clients that will be looking for ham radio for assistance in coming days. Boyd points to the California-based Hospital Disaster Support Communication Service as an excellent example of a ham radio support group that serves a specific need. You can read the entire article in the June issue of CQ magazine. Now it's to the workbench. And instead of the Q News workbench this week, it's off to the Westlakes Club's workbench. For more than 40 years, the silicon industry has delivered even faster, cheaper chips. The advances have underpinned everything from the rise of mobile phones to digital photography and portable music players. Chip makers have been able to deliver many of these advances by shrinking the components on a chip. By making these building blocks, such as transistors, smaller, they have become faster and firms have been able to pack more of them into the same area. But according to many industry insiders, this miniaturisation cannot continue forever. The consensus in the industry is that we can do that shrinking for about another 10 years. Then after that we have to figure out new ways to bring higher capability to our chips, said Professor Stanley Williams of Hewlett-Packard. Even Gordon Moore, the founder of Intel, and the man that gave his name to the law that dictates the industry's progression, admits that it can only go on for a few more years. Moore's law should continue for at least another decade, he recently told the BBC News. This is VK2FJL, reporting for the VK1 WIA National News, on behalf of Westlake's Amateur Radio Club, Incorporated. 
Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In New South Wales, it can be heard on various frequencies from 160 metres to 23 centimetres. From VK2WI, Dural, at 10am every Sunday. I'm Eric, VK2VE. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ARDF, Radio Direction Finding Fun, happening soon. Now, if you're in the vicinity of the Townsville region on Saturday, July the 4th, and you want to get involved in a fox hunt, which includes a really neat prize for first place, then Tony, VK4TJS, wants to hear from you. You have until the 30th of June to get your attendance numbers in for the Tark Far-Ranging Fox Hunt starting at Anderson Gardens Pimlico from 2pm July the 4th and finishing in a secret location. There'll be activities for all family members to participate in during the Fox Hunt and things will end up with a Cheerio Fest provided by the Tark Inc. Now to cater for the event, Tony needs to know your attendance numbers and you need to quiz Tony further regarding details about the Fox Hunt. So who do you have to call? Tony, VK4TJS. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV, where every pixel tells a story. Want someone to give an interesting talk at a club meeting? Well, Melbourne's ATV guru, Peter Cossens, VK3BFG, is available to talk at club meetings about the new digital amateur television setup that's being built for VK3 RTV Mount Dandenong. The DATV repeater will have its second on-air test on Saturday the 21st of June from 1.30pm on the frequency of 446.5 MHz. While the major components of the digital repeater are not yet permanently installed, Peter VK3BFG is available for demonstrations at club nights. He'll be doing a show-and-tell on Friday the 20th of June at the coffee shop meeting of the EMDRC down at the club rooms Melpara Scout Hall Burwood starting at 8pm. Any other club who'd like a similar presentation should contact Peter, VK3BFG. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Digital, D-Star Update. Now here's Barry Robinson, VK3PV. The Mount Macedon VK3RMM facility northwest of Melbourne is now servicing the phenomenal but not unexpected wide coverage area. This following the full commissioning of its two-metre digital smart technologies for amateur radio repeater. The VK3RMM 70-centimetre D-star repeater that first went on air in February continues to get good reports. The project began with repeater modules donated by ICOM Australia, a few individual donations, volunteer support and the rest of the considerable expense being borne by Amateur Radio Victoria. More recently, the 2-metre D-star repeater has been turned on with good quality signals throughout the Greater Melbourne area. To Berwick in the east, Geelong in the west, Bendigo, Shepparton and Echuca on the New South Wales border. Barry says that the internet gateway is now being initialised and tested for the next phase of the project. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Faith, Boys Brigade Founding Weekend on the air. Over the weekend of Friday the 2nd to Sunday the 4th of October 2009, it's hoped that the Boys Brigade members will be given the opportunity to link up with others from around the world via amateur radio. So far, stations from the UK and Bermuda are taking part, but more are always welcome. So, if you are an ex-Boys Brigade member, 
or a club looking for a way to help youngsters, then please visit the address in the text edition of this new service for link-ups to battalions who, if you contact them, may be very appreciative of your help. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. RS-15 Beacon on 10 metres. The 10-metre beacon on the RS-15 amateur radio satellite is still going strong over 14 and a half years since it was launched. RS-15 was launched on the 26th of December 1994. Its 145 and 29 MHz linear transponder has ceased operation. However, from time to time, the 10-metre beacon can still be heard. Most commercial low-orbit satellites cease operating after a few years, and it's a reflection on the high standard of the amateur satellite design and construction that amateur satellites such as RS-15 can go for so long. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. Some scout activity with 3DA0SS near Manzinzi from the 31st of July until the 11th of August. Now there'll be no echo link, but operating should be around the scout frequencies, so look out for them. The operation will be 100 watts to wire antennas or a multiband vertical. There will also be an operation from Hawaii using a variety of different 3DA0 call signs. Well, that's all I have for you for this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. And it's all I've got for you this week as well. This is Graham VK4BB, leaving you with a few notes on the social scene. July 11-12 in VK3 is Gips Tech 2009, the technical conference, the one with the VHF, UHF and microwave focus. July 18, we heard Gips Land Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest, 10am Cranbourne Public Hall. August 2, VK6, the Northern Corridor Radio Group's West Australia Hamfest. September 13, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest. And September 25 to 27, VK4, the Central Highland Amateur Radio Club's annual general meeting at Camp Fanburn, that's near Emerald. For further information, contact Gordon Loveday, VK4KAL. Now, on behalf of all the team, Thanks for listening. We'll do it all again next week. I'm Graham VK4BB. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.